Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to OK Talk. This is Clinton. I wanted to apologize. Had some issues come up right around Halloween that I could not help. So the Halloween primer is going to be sort of a post primer, but I couldn't really go any longer without telling you this story. And this is one of many that occur over a four or five day span back in February. And in saying that, I want to say thank you, especially to Pitmaster Shaw, the barbecue master. Holler at him at pitmastershaw at gmail.com because if it wasn't for him and it wasn't for my other buddy Rex, I don't know how much of this would have come to light. Also, shout out to Christian for being out there with me when we found the thing. I'm about to tell you about I'm about to come out quick with a lot of things because there's a lot of things and saying that I'll just let this play thanks for listening to OK Talk seek and see all the marvels around you you will get tired of looking at yourself alone and that fatigue will make you deaf and blind to everything else. The teachings of Don Juan, the Yaki way of knowledge. It's two o'clock in the afternoon, November the 3rd, 2022, as I record this now. Uh, just about 15 minutes ago, walked in the door, my house, after having a really, really difficult couple of days, and I say couple of days, but really it's been a really difficult month all the way around, went to the funeral of a legend, and all my thoughts, all my prayers, and all my love go to the family, you know who you are, really rough, in a weird way, it was like being at a funeral and then funeral of something else, I guess. So this year, this 2022 has been insane. This is such a weird time. I have to get a lot of this out because the emotions that are tied to it and the impressions that I am given, I don't want to lose them. When I say something along the lines of the universe being active, and that if you listen to it, it will reveal things to you. This is an example of what I'm talking about. Trying to put a time frame on some of this is difficult because I don't like counting all that much. Let's just go ahead and say about 25 years ago. Maybe not that far back. When I was in school, in college, out in Abilene, Texas, I had come back to my hometown in East Texas. And I was out with my friend, Jonathan, the pitmaster, pitmaster show, long before he was said pitmaster. And a guy that he knew was there with us. And we were talking, he was asking me what I was studying, and I told him philosophy and psychology, amongst other things. And he asked me if I'd ever read the teachings of Don Juan or any Carlos Castaneda book, and I told him that I had not. And he said, quote, there's about 12 of them. And if you read those books, you would become a Jedi. He goes on to describe briefly what they're about. This 
college professor who's doing a book about sociology meets and begins to study with a shaman and famously Castaneda was denied his doctorate from the university because he admits in his writings that he partook in psychedelic plants and what have you in the process of studying with this shaman. But the books that he wrote, including and starting with The Teachings of Don Juan, A Yaki Way of Knowledge, are phenomenal. But that's not the reason that I'm telling you this. That was a Saturday night in downtown Tyler, Texas. The next day, hang out with my parents, eat lunch, and drive back to Abilene, which is about four hours away. And I don't even go directly to my place in Abilene. I call my roommate and he tells me where they're hanging at our friend Jimmy's house. And Jimmy go up and there's probably 10 or 15 of us over there, girls and guys. Someone gives me a apparatus for smoking and take a rip off this thing, get to coughing. And I sit down on Jimmy's couch and I've got my head kind of in my hands as I'm coughing and I open my eyes and he has this huge glass coffee table that has nothing on it. It's two, two levels, right? There's the top and then underneath and underneath on the bottom of that coffee table, staring me right in the face is Carlos Castaneda's book, The Teachings of Don Juan, A Yaki Way of Knowledge. And it freaked me out. <laughs> I look up yell at Jimmy, what in the heck, dude? Like, where did this come from? And Jimmy's father is a professor at TCU in Fort Worth. And he said, oh, I don't know. I was in the bookstore in Fort Worth yesterday and I thought it looked cool. Needless to say, my teachings and studying with Don Juan began that day. Now, that's a small thing, right? I mean, okay, what are the chances? But what are the chances? Fast forward to this past February, February of 2022, which I will put down as one of the most important, insane months of my life. I am coming to grips with the fact that I've found my purpose chasing this magic that's on this planet, documenting it and reporting back so that it could help illuminate the lives of others. This time frame that opened up then the amount of stories that come out of a three or four day period here are remarkable. It's strange to everyone who comes into contact with me from people I just meet to people that I've known for 30 years. And most certainly it is crazy to me. It astounds and confounds even myself there's something to be in witness to it while it's occurring that is pretty eye-opening. It's not easy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. But then again, for me, the world is weird because it is stupendous, awesome, mysterious, and unfathomable. My interest has been to convince you that you must assume responsibility for being here in this marvelous world, in this marvelous desert, in this marvelous time, I want to convince you that you must learn to make every act count since you're only going to be here for a short while. In fact, too short for witnessing all of the marvels around you. So there's this place in East Texas, south of Tyler, 
It's known as the Kilo Monument. And it's bizarre for a lot of reasons. It's bizarre because it is a giant granite pyramid, sort of at the end of a dead end in the middle of the Piney Woods. It's a monument to a massacre that occurred. In fact, what is said to be the last major attack by natives on white settlers in the area. And so the 18 people died at the hands of the Cherokee. Oh, this is one of those places that is known as being a haven for trouble. Kids going out there to get into all sorts of mischief. It was not in any way, shape, or form strange to hear that there had been graffiti on the monument, devil worship, that kind of stuff is associated with this place. But the story goes like this, that Sam Houston had signed a deal with the Cherokee because this place was sacred. But over time, as more and more white settlers came and started to set up shop, the natives told them, you cannot be here. But they allowed them to leave and told them they could return to harvest the crops. When they returned, they were attacked with two females escaping with a baby. This would be the chain of events that would begin what is known as the Cherokee Indian War. You can understand why a place like this, out in the middle of nowhere, there's no town associated with it, Kilos and one of the names of the family, you can understand why this place would have the connotation of being somewhere that's haunted or creepy to kids, local legend and lore. That makes sense. Well, you see, I'm Cherokee. That's where I get my height and my cheekbones. And a lot of people have a lot of native connect, but the Cherokee were sort of like the elves. They were tall and fair and beautiful. And it comes from my mother's side of the family. My grandmother, Mrs. Hazel, I miss her so much to this day. She was very tall. My mother's very tall. And um, Granny's mom was full blood. When I was a little kid, I used to ask Granny to tell me stories about the good old days. And boy, did she ever. She would tell me about the farm and this, that, and the other. And when she would speak of those woods out that way, their homestead farm was pretty close to there. She would refer to those woods as the Wailing Woods and say that they were haunted, but it wasn't for the same reason that people thought, but that you would either hear women screaming or native war cries. And that's the rub, you see, because this place is actually a false flag. It's the site of a false flag. Like I said, the natives did not want the white settlers to be there. And Sam Houston was a man of his word. So they had to come up with a plan to put some blame on the generally peaceful Cherokee. And remember those two women that I said escaped from this massacre? They went to a fort showed up and told the general what had just occurred, but they told him another thing, that it was white people that were dressed up like natives. In fact, they knew one of them from Alabama. They knew who he was. They called him out by name. And the general took it under advisement, and shortly thereafter, several different natives were killed, including Chickasaw, Cherokee and Kickapoo and the war began. Now as I'm out there in February when I said that I had gone to Tyler with this fire and this purpose behind me, I went to Kilo that day and there was this ice storm that was coming in that evening but I was out there, I was filming 
and sort of telling both stories and taking video. And I was out there by myself. There wasn't anyone else out there. And just before I left, the best way for me to describe it to people is remembering the Matrix when Neo sits down in the chair you know, and wants to learn karate or whatever. And they stick the tube in the back of his head and Whoa, I know judo seems like that's exactly what happened to me because I have this download of information coming to my head that I can't explain. I don't know why, but all of a sudden I know of a witch in the area. I know her name and I know her story and that some of the things and acts that she had committed in and around the area. So when I mean to tell you that this came on to me in such a rush that I got in my car immediately and turned my recorder on and told everything that I could of this story into the recorder. And her name, her name just, it was there, right? Larissa. Larissa. So after I'd recorded this story about this witch on Thursday evening and I went to see the pitmaster Shaw and I'm telling him about what just occurred and we're having discussions about the darkness and how I need to be careful about what I'm doing and I asked him if he had ever read the story of the witch of Endor from the Bible which is in first Samuel and I have him flip it open and actually record him reading it now more on her in a minute. So I want to say that was a Thursday, Friday. It was really icy. Not as bad as they predicted as per usual. But again, since the previous year, Texas had completely shut down due to ice. I was trying to be vigilant. And Saturday, I met a friend of mine, Christian, for lunch to catch up. And we were out in that direction. And I asked him when the last time he had been to Kilo had been. He said it had been a while so he jumped into my car and we drove over there talking about all kinds of things. We walked around, we filmed some stuff. And just as I'm about to leave, something catches my eye along the fence line. Dude. And it is, in fact, a broom. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So... I didn't see this the other day, but I came over here to ask you, like, hey, take a look at this. I, I asked you to come over here and take a look at what? Those alcohol bottles. You know, generic rubbing alcohol bottles. And uh, what looks like clearly where something was burned. But when I was standing over here the other day, I was like, this is... I mean, the whole place is creepy, but this is creeped. But this... Is this keeping connected to it? That's what I'm saying. Is it tied around there on that side? What's the... Look, right here. It is a bundle of pine needles tied together. And it's attached to... Like, it doesn't have a handle. But it looks like it's tied to something. At first, it looks like maybe it's tied to the fence. But no, as Monica Rollins would point out later, that is, in fact, the devil's walking stick that it is attached to, which is a very large weed that grows really thick and has a bunch of needles on it, like 
thousands of needles on it. And woe to you if you grab it while you're walking through the woods because it's not nice. Now, this freaked me out. There's no doubt about it. But no, it's not. It's just set against it. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh. Okay, and thorns on that thing? Dude, look at those thorns, man. What the fuck? Holy crap, that's creepy. Holy crap, that's the witchiest thing I've seen in a hot minute. And I mean to tell you, as soon, like, <laughs> Larissa of the Wailing Woods is about to come out of my mouth. This is when it gets really weird because, so I'm sitting here putting this episode together and in real time this occurs. I'm so creeped out right now, but that's kind of typical. This is why people aren't around anymore. This is why people don't stick around, y'all. So I pull the video up. I got extract the audio from the video. And I'm looking at it through the spectrum analysis. And there's an audio signature right here. And I'm not even going to tell you what I think it says or anything like that. I'm just going to let you hear it. You tell me. And I mean to tell you, as soon as, like, here it is just slowed down a little bit. And I mean to tell you, as soon as, like, Larissa of the Wailing Woods is about to come out of my mouth. Holy shit. <laughs> That's so badass and yet so terrifying at the same time. I meet another friend I hadn't seen in a while at a, a watering hole and restaurant there in Tyler, Texas known as Daniel Boone's. Shout out to Daniel Boone's and the great people there. Blessed am I, better am I for having met and known most of you. For real. But I'm having uh, a drink with my friend and uh, I'm telling him sort of craziness of what I've been doing. It had been a while since we caught up. And all I'd really done is mention this, having the story of this witch pop into my head. And he looks at me and he says, uh, well, that's weird. Uh, Yesterday, yesterday evening, I was just watching something on YouTube about the Witch of Endor. And I snap my head and look at him and I'm like, you want to know what it's like to be me? And I pull my phone out of my pocket and I'm like, hours ago, I had Jonathan do this. Read the Witch of Endor story to him. His eyes get big as saucers. Again, this is what it's like when everything is pinging, you know? But I couldn't get the name Larissa out of my head. Larissa. This witch in the woods named Larissa. Well, I had several months before begun work on a famous necromancer in ancient literature who was from a region known as Thessaly in Greece. There's a plain right there at the base of Mount Olympus and legend has it that that is where the gods and the titans went to war and that the blood 
shed there infused the ground with magical properties and so it was known for its magical herbs and for its witches including one of the most famous necromancers of all time and i was sitting over at the dmv there in tyler getting a about to walk in and get a new driver's license and i was got the idea of like i wonder what will happen if i just google larissa and witch and i see the name thessaly again this region of greece that is famous for its witches and the capital of thessaly was larissa well i google larissa and texas and an article pops up for a time the settlement was known as mckee colony but the following year mckee's son laid out a town site that he named larissa for an ancient city of learning in greece mckee a presbyterian minister wanted a separate town from nearby talladega reportedly because that community had a saloon the ghost town that is no longer there that i had never heard tell of next to the kilo monument was larissa The video will be up on the YouTube by the time you hear it. Okay, talk podcast, gmail.com, YouTube, whatever. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, share, please leave a review. You know, Spotify accepts reviews now. Anything you can do to help the show, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Okay, talk. Okay, talk.